one, Data Stories number 19 with Moritz and our special guest today, Santiago Ortiz. Hi, guys. How are you? Hey, doing great. Hi, Enrico. Hi, Santiago. Hi, hi Enrico. Hi, Moritz. Yeah. Great to have you. Thanks. We have uh, three continents today. Fantastic. That's true. That's wow. true. Big triangle here. Big triangle here. Iceland, Antarctica, Antarctica. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. We are the great circle of data visualization. Yeah. How is it going, guys? Moritz? Good, busy. I'm teaching. You're teaching? So, um, wow. Yeah, I'm, I'm right in between my, my course. Mm. Usually I brag how bad a teacher I am, so I'll, I can continue to do that. So if you are teaching, but it's, but it's I should, fun. So I, I have twenty students, and they do interesting stuff. And now they're all like in between, and they have some data, but they don't know yet quite what to do with it. So it's uh, interesting times. It's a, it's a good time to quit. Exactly. You have the data. <laughs> <laughs> you already know things gonna be very difficult. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, but all of them collect sort of unique data or. I don't know, at least assemble new data sets. So I, I think that's fantastic. And yeah, it's going to be interesting. Right. Okay. So if you are teaching, I should be designing, right? Yeah, that would make yeah. sense. But I'm actually, are you? No, I'm not. I'm teaching. <laughs> <laughs> I'm teaching as well. <laughs> Too bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and you, Santiago, how is it going? Things are going very well. I am also very busy, but I am working on interesting projects. I just arrived from, from Nashville, yeah. where I, where where I we met, met you, exactly. Where we met. And it was fantastic, fantastic experience, fantastic conference, and talked with a lot of yeah. people, tapestry. including you. Yeah. yeah, tapestry, fantastic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tapestry was, was great. I really, really enjoyed it. It's one of the best uh, events I've, I've attended during the last few years. It's, it's been really great, great. And uh, and uh, I was surprised. I met so many people who actually dropped by and said, "Hey, data stories, cool." <laughs> I was a Did bit... you wear your data stories T-shirt and your data stories? Yeah, cap? I, somebody actually asked for the, for the data stories T-shirt. <laughs> I was a bit yeah yeah. yeah. yeah we can do that sometimes. It that. makes sense. It makes sense because the the, the the conference was quite related with your work and with data stories itself. So. Yeah, that's true. We even picked the right name. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it was just one day, right? So it was just it one seemed day. really quick. Yeah. So I, I sort of followed it on Twitter and it was like, everybody was like super excited, writing a lot. And then it was over again. I was like, oh yeah, it's just one day. It was yeah. so fast. and mm -hmm. But the, but the conferences were, were so well chosen. Like you had like very different approaches and some of them were like very rational towards like storytelling and other conferences, inclu including the last one by Scott McCloud was storytelling itself was f like a fantastic experience. So I think that was <laughs> part of the, of the nice experience there. And, and then in the middle, some people were allowed to, to demo or to, feature projects. I was there demoing my, my work and it nice. also was great. Yes, I talked with, I don't know, hundreds of people. I don't know, <laughs> at least tens. Wow. No, I don't know. Mm -hmm. It was intensive. 
but fantastic. Yeah, there was a full cluster of people in the room around Santiago. <laughs> like reporters with cameras, flashlights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mr. Yeah. Ortiz, one more question. No, Don't remember that there. exactly, but a lot of questions, yes. A lot of <laughs> conversations, nice. yeah. That's great. Yeah. yeah, and honestly, the event was was fantastic. The speakers were amazing. I mean, all of them were really. What really was your favorite? My what favorite. Was your favorite? Hmm? I think my absolute favorite was Scott McCloud. Mm-hmm, I think sure. he really did a show. It was it was fantastic, awesome. I mean, very difficult to beat. Sorry. Very difficult to beat. He's a professional. He's. Uh, Telling yeah, stories and presenting and images and writing and new concepts out of new images. And honestly, yeah. I mean, I was surprised by the depth of his thinking. I mean, he was not just showing stuff. He was actually, at least from my opinion, is that he was actually presenting things that actually made me think a lot. And uh, and it it shows that what he what he presents is probably the result of many years of thinking about it and it's decades basically yeah, maybe yeah. maybe decades 20, and 25 years old it's the first really one deep so, yeah, it's really sure. deep but look i mean he was my my favorite one but the others were fantastic as well so we had pat hendren from stanford so mm-hmm. maybe people who are not in academia might actually not know him well, but in academia he's a superstar, right? Mm-hmm. And sure. uh, I mean, he's the person behind, basically behind uh, Pixar, okay? Mm-hmm. And then, so he's been doing graphics for a very long time and then he's been doing lots of visualization stuff as well. He's really a big, big name. And he was fun as well. He pretended to show some some mathematical mathematical demonstration visually i think after a couple of minutes the whole audience was lost apart from a couple of gigs <laughs> but the way he presented it was 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 really really nice every time he speaks uh, it's it makes me think about something new and uh, he was great and then we had a couple of people from new york times and they have shown fantastic stuff as well who else we had i mean santiago i think every every single speaker was really really great indeed i i enjoyed also uh nigel holmes because oh nigel yeah nigel was nigel sorry <laughs> nigel. Yes. yeah 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 <laughs> nigel, blue. nigel is a character oh, right? nigel is really he good was... because he's explaining stuff and and, and acting and acting yeah he was playing great. a lot it was great it was fantastic and he he made this trick with the with a rope uh, mm-hmm. Uh, with a, with the exact length of the of the world record of, of long jumping, which is, is is something unbelievable unbelievable when you see the the actual distance that a human being can jump, and I, like he's, feet yes, or something exactly. like that. Huh? Yeah. And and he started with that trick, and the audience was totally cocked, and 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 then he started like introducing more theoretical stuff, but it was fantastic. Yes. Nigel, mm-hmm. yeah, and and I had the opportunity to to talk with him, yeah, in, in yeah. the in the demoing uh, session, and it was fantastic. 
Great. He's super nice. He's super yeah. nice. We, we could have him. Enrico, we could invite him too. Oh, he has please a totally do that. Different yes. perspective, and he's he's been around forever, and he's, yeah, yeah, and yeah, he, he has and he's a lot. Probably gonna stories. gonna listening to this episode because he was totally hooked when when we ah, talked about very it. good. So, Hi Nigel. Hi Nigel. <laughs> Hi Nigel. Hi Nigel. We make a blue episode. Yeah, we have to make a blue yeah. episode. Absolutely. We we can change the whole logo, everything. Yeah, absolutely. If Absolutely, yeah, we, we can do that. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, tapestry was was great. Was great. Sounds good. Yeah. yeah. Are they, will they do another one next year? I don't know. We have to ask to Robert Cosara. I think yeah. so. And, uh, he he mentioned so. something about so. yes. It sounded like a big success, and yeah. they they should probably do it again. Yeah. It sounds like yeah yeah, yeah sure absolutely. Cool. Well, anyway, we are here to talk about Santiago, not Tapestry, right? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know, maybe there are a couple of people in the world who don't know Santiago yet, so you might want to introduce yourself, Santiago, and tell to the world who you are, what you do. Okay. Uh, okay, Santiago Ortiz. I, I come from Colombia, but then I, I live in several places, and I work in several places, including... Uh, Spain, in in Bogota, in Colombia, I studied mathematics, but from the very beginning, I knew uh, I wanted to to do different stuff from just doing mathematics or research or science. I, I had this idea of mixing math and music or math and art from the very beginning, right? Mm-hmm. In, in 2001... No, sorry, in 99, still in Colombia, I found a company uh, with a couple of friends. Uh, it was like web agency, very, very uh, conventional. But I tried to, to do like different things. It was the time that uh, when Flash was entering the scene, uh, opening uh-huh. like interesting opportunities to create interactive stuff for the web. And I started playing and with with and and then I co co evolved with it. So did you start with Flash three timeline scripts? Yes, yes, like very very simple scripts and and from the very beginning I, I I tried to to use like mathematical tools and it was very hard, very difficult. But but then the the tools started like evolving. Mm-hmm. It was a quite interesting process, right? A lot of people like learn how to mix design. Um, coding and math. At the same time, Flash was evolving, right? So sure. yeah, yeah. At, at that moment, I uh, it was clear for me that I didn't want to like to create websites as well. So I I went to Spain in two thousand one, and I started living uh, mainly as, as a teacher, uh, like teaching interactive stuff for Flash always introducing a lot of math in my in my classes and also as mm-hmm. as a, as an art and science researcher or something like that like I started uh, working in projects that that mixed art and science in different ways uh, i i work a lot with the media lab uh, at madrid which was a f- mm-hmm. or continue being a fantastic place to explore this kind of of things uh, and then in 2005, I co-founded a company devoted, uh, specialized in 
information visualization, interactive information visualization. I think is the the first one in Europe at the time. Like, yeah, I would say so too. I, I I sort of followed that at that time already, and I also remember there was Stamen in the US and there was Bestiario in Europe, and that that no, was no, it. So, yes, indeed. Yeah, and it was fantastic. It, it's fantastic to be part of of a company that uh, offers a service for a market that do not exist, right? It's, it's an interesting <laughs> adventure. That's, that's always either a really good idea or a really exactly, bad idea. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I, I will say okay, it's it always a, a bad idea, idea but you have a lot of fun. <laughs> Something like that, I will say. It was really interesting, all the process, all the, <laughs> exactly. all the, all the new uh, things we discovered that was... That, that, that were mm-hmm. beyond, beyond the project. was a very research. Yes, we did a lot oriented of Oriented company, yes. right? So you uh, you did a lot of projects from from your own motivation, I think. And also, is is the is the main way to build your tools in order to create projects yep. to create projects for clients as well. So you you have to do that. If not, you don't have anything to show to people, and you don't have tools to to mm. to answer to challenges, right? Yeah. So it was great. And you sort of developed your own visualization framework as well. And exactly. Implemented all these algorithms and also these springy force layouts, they were very characteristic. So somehow, if you had seen them a few times, you suddenly knew, ah, oh, that's a bestiario force layout okay. type thing. So I remember Yeah, that. I think so. Yes. Yeah. That's a strong identity. Yeah, yeah. And then with, with this framework you mentioned, we created a like a different kind of tool. It was a, a visual programming language to analyze, gather, and visualize mm-hmm. information. At the time, the, the name was Impure. And yep. Impure later evolved. That's 2008, 2009, something like that? or No, 2011. It started in January 2011. And yes, in like in two years, it changed mm-hmm. a lot. It, it, it grew a lot. And... Uh, finally, the, the company took this, let's say, experiment or experimental product and uh, converted it into, a, into a, an, an actual project that is being commercialized right now, which is Quadrigram, is the, is the new name. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. At this very moment, I decided to, to leave the company because as the company will like specialize in a single product and I am not really a a product person, I I prefer to create new things and a yeah, lot yeah. of new things. I, I like to be always involved in several projects at the same time. I decided to left. So that was like one year ago, okay? And mm-hmm. I also started like learning new technologies. It was the moment in which uh, Flash uh, was like start dying, you know, like... And in particular, in for information visualization, it was no longer um, uh, a tool. Like it's at the same time JavaScript, yeah. HTML5. You would cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm still a bit sad. It was. It's a sad story because Flash. Know, Flash is. By now, so I do like my Coffee Script and my D3, so I'm. I'm I don't think about it that much <laughs> anymore. Yes, but I think for many of us, it, it was a traumatic. Uh, like process metamorphosis, <laughs> I I was more scared that, and 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 thinking that the process will be more painful that actually it was. Like right now, I I, I feel very very comfortable with JavaScript, right? 
So, so in a few months, I was able to build, uh, like again, a platform, a framework with all the tools I, I want to have, right? Like the 3D stuff, like the physics engine, like the, of course, the network uh, engines that create and modify networks, but also visualize networks, etc. So in a few months, uh, I, I had everything like set up or, or the, the basis. And then I, I spent like, Six months only researching, no client, uh, not clients' work. Okay, mm-hmm. I... yeah, yeah. And you, you published a new project every two weeks or something. <laughs> it was amazing yeah, to watch like that. the last yes, few months. It was it was kind of so much, kind fun. of crazy. I was with a lot of energy and very eager to like to produce stuff yeah. and to research and and also I, I started with the question what exactly I want to do. Okay. So I, I, my research was mm-hmm. wide open. Like I tried to, to cover and touch very different topics. And I soon started like identifying what exactly is like my thing, the, the thing I am good and this, the thing really mm-hmm. interests mm-hmm. me. Okay. Actually it's not one single thing, but like some vectors I, I know identify. Okay. Sure. And here I am. And, and that's a great strategy is just like spit out stuff and then see where that takes you. Exactly. And, and I think it's both like what you react to emotionally most, exactly. but also what people pick up. You know, sometimes you think one thing is the greatest thing ever. And nobody cares. Oof, all the time. <laughs> and other times if we discuss that too, yes. you do something like in, a, in an afternoon and People go crazy, exactly. you know. That it's happened like, to me a lot what? of times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's it's always good to have that sort of back and forth. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. The feedback. I mean, when, is when I when I saw all these projects coming from Santiago, I thought I, I was blown up. I couldn't believe it. There were so many objects coming every week. Every yeah, some some lots of new projects coming every week. And I think it's the perfect example and prototype of what you Moritz have been suggesting some time ago. I think even before starting data stories, I remember you mentioning the fact that one of the best moves you can do if you wanna become a freelancer is to is to dedicate a lot of time initially to just spit new projects and and put these projects yeah, absolutely uh, let this project put this project somewhere in a in a uh, in uh, um, uh, live somewhere in a way that people j- can just see it and discover who you are what you do and uh, I think that's that's still the best way right mm. and they become a sort of a self fulfilling prophecy so yeah if you if you do a lot of i don't know literature visualization or whatever then you will you will be approached for that yeah and, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah sure yeah. sure yeah i totally recommend to to all people that that works creating visualization to do that to some extent. Uh, it's completely important. It, it also hel- helps you define your tools and organize your tools. Uh, mm. it, it gives you like, like interesting results that you can also like place in, in your portfolio and that's also strategic. And it helps you discover uh, business opportunities, for instance. You start working with books because you are just passionate about books, right? And then you start visualizing conversations in books. But then you realize that that visualizing conversations in books is basically or structurally similar to visualizing conversations in social media. 
and then you eventually right, figure yeah. out uh, like a new product or a way to to take actual value for other people out of those ideas. Mm. So research or, and free research or experimental research, at least for some people, is extremely important. And then the, the there is another reason is motivation. If you are not working or 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 using part of your time to 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 what you want to do that motivates you it's very hard to to have energy to do the other projects at some point you will be like tired right if you are not choosing at all what kind of projects and with which kind of data you work right the third reason will be that uh, it helps you keep motivated if if it happens that you yeah. don't work with with projects that motivates you or or data that is interesting for you, uh, you will sooner or later like uh, lost energy. So it's also important to, 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 to at least part of the week work on, on your own projects. Yeah, yeah no, that's absolutely true. Yeah, this yeah. is something I wanted to ask to Santiago. So uh, I know by talking with you that actually your process was really successful and you actually end up getting a lot of clients and uh, so it worked. Uh, one thing that I wanted to ask you is during these initial six months that you devoted basically 100% to creating new project, projects and posting these projects on your website, did you, did you think about, did you also have a strategy in terms of targeting some, some specific domain because you thought that you would, that would be interesting to attract some specific kind of clients or it was totally totally free kind of like you just did what you think what you, what you liked and expecting that people just came in and and be attracted and contacted you to to get some to propose some projects uh, that's that's a good question i i started with very open ideas in but but already strategic ones and already pointing mm -hmm. opportunities for the future okay but i started with with a concept very wide concept, which is a knowledge visualization. But I, okay. I think yeah. that there is a kind of hypothetical axis which starts with data visualization, goes to information visualization, and eventually goes to knowledge visualization. I will define this like, like visualization in contexts in which you do not start necessarily with a specific data set, but with a cultural context. So part of the of the of the process is to is also to analyze, to gather, to find the data, to organize the data very well, uh, eventually to to build data, to converse, and to take into account a lot of important things that are related with the with the knowledge context you are working on. So it could be, for instance, uh, like an exploration in Wikipedia, things like that. You don't start with with. With a, yeah, yeah, with, yeah. You start with a goal or, or with a context. Yeah. For instance, an example would be, uh, I want to build a map of sciences that not only displays the, the connections between sciences, but also the activity, the current activity, the, the real-time activity of sciences of research, for instance. So this is knowledge visualization because you don't know wh wh where the data is. It's part of the project, right? So I, I had that in mind. Also, uh, 
yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. And it's more like you start with a certain cultural phenomenon as a whole, or exactly not a data set, but more a cultural. And that phenomenon. changes your your approach and your activity as a professional because you are not longer the the visualization professional that receives a data set and gives you in return uh, a visualization. It changes the relationship between the client and the professional, and that was also yeah, something sure. very important. I had I had in mind from the very beginning, and. Little by little, uh, along the, the entire process of experimentation or research, that question was also part of the research. So it wasn't only that I was like playing with code. I was at the same time thinking a lot, taking a lot of notes and heading this 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 idea of, of building a, a, a strategy. And right now, as I, I already started working with clients, what I am doing is... is defining this platform. So my plan is in one year, I will have a very different website from, from the one I have right now. Right now what I have, you, you, you see, is like, like the, the, the portfolio of an artist or a researcher, right? All the projects yeah, there yeah, are sure. a research project. None of them is, mm-hmm. is for clients, right? So yeah. in one year, I will have something much more clear for people mm-hmm. that, want, that want to work with me. Like what I do sure, exactly sure. and what what is my methodology? Okay. Sure, 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 sure. Another another related aspects I wanted to to discuss with you is that one thing I really like in your work is that to me it looks like you have a very strong branding. So when I most of the time when I see some of your projects, actually one person could come to me without telling me that this is Santiago. And I would actually guess, yeah, this is Santiago style, right? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and yeah. I think this is a pretty unique feature of your work. Is it something that you you do on purpose or it just happened this way? Not at all. In fact, I, I try to do the opposite, but of course it's, <laughs> it's hard to escape from yourself. Uh, I, for instance, in some projects, I, I, I use a lot of very uh, like bright colors, you know? And in others, I do the opposite. Uh, in some projects, I, I use this this uh, fish eye technique. In others, like I totally ban this idea, etc. So I I really try to be diverse, <laughs> but of course, uh, something happened. I, I think yes, I I, I have like a, an identity uh, sign. I don't know, but it's it's other people that could see that. I, I yeah, don't yeah. see it. It's, yeah. it's other people that see. It. Okay. Yeah, but I think so. Can can you tell us a bit what types of projects you're working on now? Like for for clients, what types of things do people approach you with, and and what are the the things you're actually working on? Okay, uh, I I will mention two projects that that are really interesting for me. It's exactly the kind of work I wanted to do, and exactly the kind of relationship I wanted to build with clients. Uh, one project is for a company based in Belgium. The, the company is Shift N. Some of you might know it because in, they made a, a map of, uh, of a system map of the obesity. It's, it's in visual complexity. It's a fantastic map of, of all the mm-hmm. complex relationship in, in the obesity issue, right? So they, they analyze uh, future scenarios. Uh, they create system maps, etc. And I am working with with them, creating a tool 
that uh, allowed them to take a, a big corpus of documents, actually not a big corpus, but a corpus of, of, of documents that can be uh, big. And, and what you get is like v different views of those documents. It's a syntactical and a statistical analysis uh, with, with visualization, mm -hmm. right? Uh, the good thing about this, this project is, is not only like the results are interesting, but also the, the way we are working. It's like we are testing the tool all the time with different corpora and mm. with different people. So it's it's something quite new for me, and it's exactly what I wanted to do. It's like like, but it's really like a software tool that that can take arbitrary text and will, exactly will produce a few visualizations. Yeah, oh, nice. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So it, it contains different different yeah? visualizations, which is something that I also yeah. appreciate. Like not only focus on one view, but create different things. So yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. That's that's one of the projects. The, the other is is uh, with Kenneth Couquier from The Economist. Um, in that case, uh, we are we work first trying to identify like new ways to to use data about uh, economic indexes or quality of life indexes, and try to find new ways to visualize them, like create a different story. Okay. Out of it, mm -hmm. and we already uh, found some interesting ideas. I can't comment, but I think that the result would be yeah, would sure. be really good. Okay, nice. Yeah, it sounds good. Fantastic. Yeah. So your plan worked out uh, up to now. <laughs> that, that that's great, actually. Maurice, so sorry, I I think I lost you a little bit, but now I I hear you. Okay. Okay, cool. I just said your plan worked out so far. Yes, I think so. Yes, it's, it's working. Yes. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> so uh, how long did it take before you started getting getting clients? Well, in the process of, of being experimented, I already uh, received mails from people interested in, in working, and that, that took a time, like start conversing with people, etc., so it's it's very difficult to measure because the 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 time from the first mail to start working is usually a lot of months. So yeah. So yeah. It, I, now I am working with people, but I I first contact these people like several months ago. So it's it's like a like like a very big machine that takes time to start like working. But the feeling my feeling is that once it it, it started working. It take it start like also having like a good pace. I hope so. I I am I am really a, a beginner as a freelance, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it takes a while to figure it out. I mean, I'm still in the process, and I've been doing it for ten years now yeah. or something. It's like oh man, oh man, yeah. oh, man. It never ends. Yeah, but it never ends. <laughs> no, no. The clients they always they invent new stuff. <laughs> they invent new tricks. Can imagine that. Hmm. <laughs> I I don't have this problem here. <laughs> yeah, That's but I, guess I have other problems, other interesting yeah. problems yeah. to deal with. <laughs> we had a few questions from Twitter, so let, let's let's ask these. So Kimei asked, "What tools are you working with, especially in the Nuke Twitter app?" Thanks. So my guess is you write everything yourself, right? Yes, yes. And and yes. and <laughs> prior to start. Building this specific project, which is a network visualization, I, I work a lot on the 
like in the network framework, right? So it's not only that I build my tool, but I am trying mm-hmm. to to build a very comprehensive and well-organized framework. Just as D3, not that complex or big, but it, it is compre- pre- pre- comprehensive, uh, nonetheless. Mm-hmm. And especially for networks. In, networks is a big part of the framework. Mm-hmm. Other big parts are uh, text analysis, uh, the, tra- the 3D engine, and let me think. Mm-hmm. A lot of geometry, a lot of geometry, a lot of mathematics, yes. Like, like I try to, to build something with, with a lot of specific solutions. So when I try mm-hmm. to prototype something, it's not that I use very big modules already created. I use like tens of specific solutions that assemble, like help me create something. Ah, okay. okay. So yeah, for instance... Lots of helper functions for... Working with uh, specific things. Yeah. Yes, for instance, I do not have a visualization methods in my framework, but instead mm-hmm. I have all the op- operations to create anything very fast, like a string yeah. graph, for instance. It's, mm-hmm. it's based on four or five classic operations, right? So I do not have yeah. the, the string graph uh, visualization mm-hmm. method already coded, but it's very fast for me to to. To actually, yeah. it's more like a toolkit of little functions that help you assemble stuff. Quickly. Exactly, and the, and the key is to organize well those 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 little mm-hmm. solutions. Yeah, yeah. There's a danger there that you end up with PHP where everything is a function that has a funny name, and yeah. you always have to look up the funny names for the funny functions. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I have I have a, a strong. Constraint. And uh, do you plan on on publishing the tools, or uh, I mean? I could imagine for clients it's a bit strange if they if they if they um, commission someone and they use their own framework and it's private and you know it's like a bit ah uh, well unsustainable. Yeah, so, so have, far have thought about I, haven't, I haven't faced this 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 specific problem because other clients will will also find strange to use a code that others can use like open source, yeah. but nowadays. My feeling, but again, I am a, a beginner in this, is that clients are more open. They just want you to like to build the solution, okay? Yeah. To, so yeah. It's no problem. The, the code I deliver is is minified. It's uh, it's not readable, let's say, so no one can use it. And yes, I plan to to open it, but it's a huge responsibility. It's very yeah, difficult. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. It's yeah. you have to 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 really organize. Things yeah, and, and, and maintenance is and the biggest yes. problem, right? Yes, I yeah. I talk with Nicolas Belmonte a lot about this. He, he has the, the experience mm-hmm. of opening a framework, and and it, it is a fantastic challenge, no doubt. But the way I will do it is it will be first like in a in, in intermediate way, which is I will try to to share these isolated tools, right? This specific yeah, solution, so, so people will be yeah, able yeah. to pick, like copy paste these solutions. So that's yeah. that's a good way to to allow people to use. I think I think this is somewhat mm. similar. I don't know if you've ever seen what these people at the GI Center in the UK published a number of libraries for processing, and it's not necessarily all. Our whole framework is just a number of libraries, but these libraries are mm. really, really useful and interesting. Are you familiar yeah. with that? You know these folks at the GI Center, Jason Dykes. Have no. you ever heard of? Them? Yeah, I think I think they did something for like rendering really large processing sketches. Was it? 
or like multi-screen is it that thing yeah they have a whole bunch of libraries but they are independent yeah. basically okay yeah. yes, I, I am not yeah, familiar but they, also they, like Gregor you know he wrote yeah. Chroma.js he wrote, wrote Cartograph these are all like single purpose um, libraries exactly. that helped a lot of people but I they think. are still frameworks yeah. in the sense you have like to to embed the entire logic which is fantastic yeah. I'm not saying it but it's something that I couldn't do right now anyway uh, and mm. the, the, the yeah, way it's, Enrico it's, described these libraries sounds, sounds more like what I will do It's like yeah, if, yeah, if you yeah. can use a single function and embed it in your in your framework and it works, that's fantastic. Yeah. I think this is um the main person behind it is Joe Woods. And uh I think I was searching for the link. I think the, the, the library is called GI Center Udils. So it's just a number of uh, utilities, but it's mm, extremely, extremely sensor. useful. Yeah. So I think this, this could also be a different way. Instead of trying to publish a whole framework in, as one building blocks, as you said, publishing uh, single libraries. Yes, I, I think it's similar to what Gregor, Gregor did in the past. And I think it, this works so much better. Yeah, but I agree it's a big responsibility. Yeah. I, I did open source quite a few of my projects, but I never really documented them yeah, well yeah, and, yeah. and and so basically that didn't go anywhere so I know it helped a few people but they had to sort of bite how do you say scan. bite the bullet and, 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 and dig through my code without documentation which I feel bad about too yes. <laughs> but it's like and, and that's the oh, best of the tricky. cases in which you yeah, just yeah, yeah. go and over. then sometimes you also get like funny requests like people complaining exactly. about the lack of documentation or like you know like demanding that you fix but that's, that's exactly the problem you, you can create frustration with, with your code <laughs> exactly so, because you promise sort of that it's, yeah. there is a, yeah, a promise in, yeah. an implicit promise in the code you share exactly yeah. so Santiago this yeah. is written in JavaScript or what? JavaScript yes okay okay yeah that, that's another thing one of I think this is related to the branding thing I was mentioning before normally most of your visualizations are really interactive there is a lot of interaction much more than than we are used to And I think this is another... It's the good old exploratory stuff. I, I like that. It's I, I really love it. Yeah, yeah, that's part of the research, of course, interaction. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, but I think also in terms of interaction, so I don't know how you feel about it, but in a way I have much, probably much less experience than you guys in implementing visualizations because you 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 does you do it every day, <laughs> this every day. But my feeling, my experience with implementing visualizations is that as long as you have to draw something, it's relatively easy. But as soon as you add a lot of interaction, it's a nightmare <laughs> in terms of <laughs> yes. coding. Yeah, <laughs> I think you agree, right? Yes. And, no, uh, no, I understand. No. I do not agree. It is not something that happens to me. Okay. Anyway. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, but probably because you think in code and in math straight away. Exactly. The, the math saves yeah. me. It's the mathematics <laughs> that saves me in that case. I have. Yes. Strategies. How do you start a project? Do you open up a text editor or do you do you open up your notebook? Uh, I have a notebook of ideas, 150 ideas of uh -huh. projects I want to do. What you could do? Yes. Uh -huh. Actually, I want to like make this notebook public. 
it could that be interesting, be nice. yes. <laughs> and, and eventually create like a, a platform for that, specific for that, in which people mm -hmm. can comment or or whatever. But that's Did you see the one Lynn, Lynn sent us a few days ago? There, there is like a platform for writing ideas. Exactly. Right? In, in fact, Lynn yeah. sent, sent this to me or I was in this tweet because we had previously discussed about this tool. I, nice. I, yeah. I will eventually publish, yes. Uh, Lynn, Lynn who, guys? Lynn okay, Cherny, yeah. she is Annika's on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. I know her, but I was yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. inside a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it, yeah, and she wrote, she sent us a link to a, a platform where you can get your network to help you decide what to write. So it's for writers, uh -huh. but we could also use it for for data visualizations because I think all of us have more ideas than time. So. And you can you can use these. <laughs> yes, exactly. A lot of ideas and not that not that much time. You can also like put questions. Like for instance, if if some of your projects require specific data that, that you don't have, it's like a good place mm. to 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 like to say that, and perhaps someone will say your idea, and will get you to the data you need. So it's it's nice to yeah. open the the idea. But if you want to form, so let's say you pick one of these ideas and you say, ah, okay, now today I'll go for that type of visualization. What, what do you do first? Well, it depends of the data. Mainly, but let's let's let me think on, on one of, one example of something I want to do. I want to one of the, my ideas is uh, to create a map of Europe deformed by genetical information. This is an idea. I already have like <laughs> like uh, spotted the data. Okay, <laughs> I, and Sorry, in my how did you collect like genetical yeah. information? You said yes, because th this is a classic uh, procedure in in genetics. Uh, okay. It has a name and everything in which you you yeah, make yeah. A, a linear transformation to a map in order to to make it like match with the genetic data uh, uh -huh. as as better as possible. But the transformation is linear. I want to create like a crazy non-linear transformation that will totally deform <laughs> the map of Europe. And it could be done with the world, but Europe is, is perfect uh, because mm -hmm. genetic genetic data like spreads in Europe in a, uh, in a, in a very like coherent way with the geography, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh -huh. so it, it's, it's an interesting research project. And, and in that case, uh, first I identify like the, the mathematical tools, I need to eventually do that. And in this particular case, the mathematical tool I need is something that I could use in many other projects. It's, it's basically the same problem behind the cartograms in which you want, you want to deform a map in order to guarantee the, the surface in each sub-region mm -hmm. uh, is proportional to certain values. Okay? Yep. So uh, I will build this, uh, and, and you need to use physics for that. Right, like springs connecting connecting a very complex network. So I will have to go to this very abstract problem first in that case, and then I start mm -hmm. using. And specific then you assemble your tools to to do that, and then you start. Yes, I start with the framework. Uh, it, it, it's okay. in general it was like that. Like I start improving the framework, and then uh, as a second phase, I I start working the specific project. Yes. So, how much time do you spend in proportion? So, once you have an idea, 
how much time you spend in proportion in gathering the data, manipulating this data, and uh, visualizing the data? Oh, it totally depends on the project. In some cases, I I have I have a lot of projects in my notebook that that uh, have, had already solved the problem of the data. Okay, uh-huh, so it's no uh-huh. gathering the data won't be a problem in those in those cases, and this could be like one third of all these ideas. Okay, in, actually, sometimes I had the idea of the project because I found an interesting data data set. Okay, that's uh-huh, uh-huh. completely normal. In other cases, uh, it could it could go up to the fifty percent of the process. In some cases, this is like like the main challenge challenge of the project. But let, for instance, an, another interesting example is Lostpedia, which is uh, which uses all the scripts of Lost series. It's, uh-huh. it's, it's a lot of of dialogues, a lot of text. Uh, in that case, I started with data from 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 Lostpedia, the like the Wikipedia for for Lost, and they had all the script all the script transcribed. And I thought I will have to spend like three days organizing the data, but actually it was pretty straightforward because these people did a great job, and and, and the the format of the text was already very well organized. So gathering, scrapping everything took me only one day, and I created a, a okay. JSON file mm-hmm. containing all the all the all the script with the characters like identify for mm-hmm. each dialogue etc like the complete structure wow. okay it was only yeah. one day but i was expecting like 3 days for for this particular case okay and um, another thing i wanted to ask you is how much experimentation you have in terms of how to map any given data into a visual format. So I guess normally you already start from uh, an idea of how you want to visualize this data and uh, how much how much experimentation you put on it. So most of the time you basically realize what you have in mind or you you realize what you have in mind and, and that you dis- and then you discover that there is another another way to visualize this data that is probably more effective or more interesting or you start from the very beginning with different uh, different kind of visualizations and then you decide which one you like the most how does it work okay i i think one of of the most beautiful things about our job is that you train your mind to create things that move that have shape shape that the change in size, in color, whatever, very dynamic geometrical stuff in your mind. And then you have to translate that into something that happens in your screen, right? And, yeah. and with training, you actually arrive to a certain point in which at least some of, of the times you try to do that, you will build out something that actually represents what you had in mind. I think musicians go to similar processes, like like very experimental musicians can really imagine a melody with an harmony with everything uh, sounding at the same time, and then they, they they write the score, and then their orchestra sounds exactly the same way they had in mind, right? Mm-hmm. Very talented musician can do that. Okay, for an information visualization, that also happens, and and that's interesting because this is like a second meaning of the of the word visualization. 
is the capability mm-hmm. yeah, of, yeah, yeah, of yeah, make yeah. real you have you have in it's actually in, the primary mental meaning. Image. <laughs> yeah but yeah if you search for visualization <laughs> on twitter meaning. or something yeah. the primary you get meaning. That much and more. and yeah. i don't discard it a lot never i i like to 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 use the the visualization concept in in its most like wide uh, uh, definition or, or set of definitions and this one i think it's also useful because you are you are building mental images and this mental process is something you have to train okay, okay. but nevertheless sometimes but that's interesting because i sort of try not to do yeah, that yeah exactly <laughs> I, was, I was actually yeah. because i want to i want to first see how the data plays out you know before i impose too much of my you know my my vision on it yes that's true uh, so so it i think it has both the, the thing is 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 it is interesting when when you fail so you have to be very honest with yourself and um, <laughs> be capable to accept that 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 you will fail with this mental image. That didn't, yes, didn't work out. And also very clever to 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 foresee new opportunities when that happens. So it's like you impose a shape to some data, and it could happen that it works or not. If mm. it doesn't work, perhaps. Yeah. You are capable to, to, to understand things about the data, like, okay, this particular data didn't work because of this or that. So the visualization or, or your try still say something about the data. And you can start with a, mm-hmm. a, a different uh, attempt, a different approach, right? But recently I, I had this experience and, and I, I am stuck, completely stuck with the, this data set. It, I think it, it's interesting I can share this. This experience, uh, working with my friend Mauricio Giraldo, he works at the New York Public Library with fantastic data sets. He plays a lot with data. He builds APIs for, for the data they have. And one of the most fantastic data sets they have is, is about menus from, from restaurants from the entire century in New York. And they have all the dishes wow. yeah. in each menu. <laughs> and I took all the data, all the dishes, nice. and... I said, of, of course, there are... And you have the dishes and the prices yes, and probably locations of the yes. restaurants. Right? I was I was ah, interested in the... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, let, let's give it a try because I totally failed, okay? And uh-huh. it's sad. I, what, what I was looking for was for clusters because I was completely sure, positive, yeah. that I will find like clusters. Like like uh-huh. like dishes that go together in menus that tend to go together in menus. Yeah, I mean, menus. there was this whole story that the New York restaurants steal their 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 menus and you know that all exactly. these restaurants copy the same. And menus. then there is so. culinary logics behind as well, right? Yeah. you can yeah. you can't just mix whatever. There are identities for restaurants, etc. But then I ran all my algorithms, my cluster algorithms. I, I didn't <laughs> find anything. <laughs> of that, and it was very frustrating. But this is the example you just you just mentioned, Mori. It's about trying to impose, in that case, not exactly a visualization yeah. method, but a structure. Try to really impose but a structure. Thing must yes. be there, but it's not. It's there. not there. So you have to find a different approach. Indeed. <laughs> yeah and you're right. It's it's a lot about honesty to yourself. Like if you because you could always. Change the data a little, or let <laughs> no, yes. part no, out so it not. fits your idea. But yes. yeah, I yeah, that's also something I tell my students: you shouldn't bend the data until they fit your 
your mindset, but rather change yeah. your mindset. Yeah, and I think <laughs> if, if the data tells you otherwise, right? So yeah. I think what is really interesting here is that this means that it's not it's not only playing with the visualization itself, how you visualize the data you have, but how also how how you segment or process this data or what kind of question you focus in, right? Exactly. So it's, exactly. it's not only sure. a visualization thing. It's more... It's a structural problem as well. Yeah, it's a structural problem. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Santiago, have you ever done any works that are not like information-based, but purely pure form, let's say, or pure generative design, data art type things? Yes, absolutely. It's not a thing that really interests me because... I, my feeling is that like you lack in those in those projects like an interesting cognitive relationship with people. Okay, mm. I don't I don't mean that you have to use actual data etc to create uh, interesting things, but at least from my point of view or the attempts I've done in the past, they are just like like aesthetical stuff and I am I don't even do really great aesthetical things so it, it it wasn't that interesting I I think I have one project that I like but somehow you can say it's information visualization because I am using a, a photography collection which is external information uh, it is it is called a Love is patient. You can find it in my in my portfolio. It's it's it uses a collection of photography of, of faces, of men faces, and I use the Voronoi algorithm, and I create a really strange like experience. Ah, and you compose yeah, these, these images. It's a collage. Yeah, I remember. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe okay. can, yeah. Santiago, can you describe? That was a strange one. Can yeah. you describe <laughs> it more in details for those who are listening? Because it's really hard to imagine it. Okay, I from, have it in front of me, but it's really hard to explain. It's very difficult to explain, but I, I would, I prefer to talk about like the, the issues behind, like uh -huh. the, the concept. Yeah. Because I think people, it's better if people go to the portfolio and see it. But the the my the challenge here is like, like faces represent a a very strong kind of pattern for for the brain for human brain, yeah. and and geometrical patterns as well. It's like you like like your brain is very good in both situations, like like identifying repetition or ge or patterns in geometry, and in faces. But it's kind of opposite as a process. Uh, the, the later being extremely mm. emotional and social, uh, uh, and the, the first one being very uh, aseptic, right? Uh -huh. So what I try to do is like to mix both kind of, of, of tasks for the brain. So in that particular case, the brain is working with the Voronoi uh, pattern and the faces pattern, trying to, to, to understand something out of it. So what I do is is using this Voronoi algorithm, I, I can like slice different shapes, different uh, polygons, and create new faces out of parts of the previous ones. It's a collage. It's a, like a Frankenstein, uh, yeah. a photographic yeah, yeah, it's very Frankenstein. Irritating yes. to it's very irritating. Yeah, yeah. It's irritating, exactly. That's the idea. <laughs> Irritate. <laughs> Yeah, but it's true. That's not really an information visualization. No. It's more like, yeah, uh, uh, media. And that will be one of the a perception experiment. One of the very few projects I will, I will like feature. 
from my work. Yeah. That, mm -hmm. I really, mm -hmm. really enjoyed also your emoticon faces experiments, which again yeah, yeah. is not necessarily <laughs> a, an information visualization kind of project, but is it's it's really nice. I like it. I mean, Great. and again, Thanks. I think it shows. I think that's another thing that I wanted to ask you. Many of your of your projects actually have this mathematical bent, right? I mean, I can I can clearly see. So honestly, before we started the the episode, I didn't I didn't know that you had a background in mathematics, but when you mentioned it, I I thought, well, that's it's, it's so, so clear. clear I mean, <laughs> and in a way, what what really what is really fascinating for me is the relationship between mathematics and art, because. In a way, so people who have a mathematical background and do some visualization stuff or similar stuff or, or visual stuff more in general, they tend to be more artistic than people coming from other fields like design or even computer science. And for me, this is really, really interesting. Well, I, I can't speak for, like, for other people except for the fact that, yes, a lot of... Uh, a lot of interesting things come out from mathematicians that that try to like to apply this knowledge or these methodologies outside in other fields. Uh, but what I can say is mathematics is is uh, it's important in my job for many reasons, and I want just to I want to point just one, which is something that I am really into right now, thinking a lot about it, yes, is the use of topology. Topology is, you, you can define topology like, like a more open geometry and, and a non-metric geometry. It's a kind of geometry in, in which you, you stress relationships and contenance, etc., and properties, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, and this is but like having elastic spaces. Yes, this is this is the, the the common entrance to topology through 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 crazy surfaces and elastic spaces, etc. Yeah, yeah. Because the the concept of elasticity what it says is that you can reshape things at continue at they continue being the same from the point of view of topology. Okay, because yeah. they they preserve uh, properties. They lost like metric properties, but the other. Properties are preserved, mm -hmm. so this is like the entrance. Like neighbors, they neighbors. Exactly. This they might kind of relationship that that you can find a path, yeah. a continual path between two points, things like that, right? Yes. So in for information visualization, topology can help like finding new metaphors that are not basics, nor based in metrics. So it's like mm -hmm. a new or on numerization process, something like that, because uh, some people at least tend to associate information visualization strictly with numbers and quantities, and I think it's, it's much wider than that. And and there are many things, and, and this is also related with this idea of knowledge visualization, there are many things that are not just quantities, yes, and, and that anyway carry information uh, and, and meaning. Okay, and information visualization can find uh, interesting ideas in topology. In, and mm -hmm. I just realized that half of your works deal with that fact, probably. Like, or or that a lot of your work is also related to mapping rather than visualizing numbers. It's it's true. Exactly. Yeah, that, that makes a whole lot. And of sense. and and when you study uh, numbers theory, 
the same thing start happening. That that when you start, number theory is not about numbers; it's about relationship mm. structures. So again, if you if, it's a fabric fabric as well. Exactly. In, in the even the, the even in, in yeah. only mm. working with numbers, you will soon find that there are amazing structures and surfaces and properties, etc., going on. Only for instance, in in prime numbers. So topology is an interesting like source of thinking and and inspiration as well. Yeah. 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 That's a really interesting perspective. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, there's something to it. And I think, you know, when people ask me how I got started, it's also this fascination for spaces, you know, exactly. that, that you have a coherent space and that space makes sense and you can explore that space. Somehow that's, I don't know, and, and I think for many people that has been the, or it's, it's like the, the, the key motivation to do information visualization, to create these spaces. It's very stimulating, the concept. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a very specific uh, question. This came into my mind while you, when you were while you were talking about uh, mathematics and and spaces again. So, um, have you ever tried to do anything with uh, Hilbert curves? I remember the the pioneering work of um, I think Daniel Kime first introduced uh, many years ago the idea of using. Uh, Hilbert curves in visualization as a way to arrange uh, a very tightly packed uh, number of of items on a on a screen in a way that you can you can lay out them meaningfully and still get a lot of a lot a very high density of information. So basically, for those of you who don't know what an Hilbert curve is, is basically in including me. Oh, please. sorry. <laughs> ah, you know it. You will, you will see it and recognize it immediately. <laughs> <laughs> but please explain. <laughs> sorry, Moritz. Anyway, yeah. so basically, a Hilbert curve is a way to uh, take one single axis and turn it from from one D to two D. Okay. And probably I don't know. Uh, ah, folding. Yeah, stuff. by yeah, folding, yeah, yeah. I, I just by Googled folding it. Yeah, one yeah. single axis, you can go from one yeah, yeah. D to two D, and Santiago yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. And and you can be in between an area and a yeah, line. So and you can, like yeah, you can you yeah. can sure. fill an area with one single line folded in many mm. in many different ways. Okay. Martin Wattenberg did also something on tree maps with. Yeah, Hilbert I curves. think it was the jigsaw map. But the, fir yeah. the first yeah. person who introduced that in visualization was Daniel Keim, and actually he was trying to use these, these curves as a way to use pixel-based visualizations where every single item is represented with one single pixel, okay? Yeah. And it's, yeah. In yeah. it's interesting because when you play with one single axis, but then this axis is folded in a way that can fill up your screen, you can do a lot of, a lot of stuff. And I'm actually surprised that nobody tried to... to to extend this this work <laughs> today, I mean, it, it's really interesting. Well, and you think Santiago must? Yeah, be, I mean, that's an guy. idea. Maybe Santiago, <laughs> since you have this mathematical background, and you and you are always doing experiments, I would like to see more on on. No, honestly, I think it's it's kind of unexplored because there were this initial couple of of studies, and then people abandoned it. But I think there is a there is more space for research there. It's it's quite interesting, and, and this is gonna be more one uh, note in my ideas notebooks so for Santiago, projects. So I commissioned, I commissioned yeah. <laughs> a yeah. fantastic. I I see some potential in this idea, which is yeah. basically the the inverse path 
if you have a space, <laughs> imagine a map, yeah. cart a, a, a cartographic space, bidimensional. This is a way to li linearize the space. It's the opposite. But it's True. like you yeah. take this, this, this strongly, uh, extremely long uh, curve, and, and you make it like a, a, a line. So you li Absolutely. linearize. Well, I think yes. that's the way Hilbert curves are used in image processing. I think there are some methods in image processing that actually use exactly the same idea as a way to sample an image in a way that fills up the whole the whole the whole image. Okay. Exactly. For instance, fractals. Uh, yeah. According according to certain algorithms, uh, render that way. Yeah. Like you can see how how the fractal is is uh, like increasing the the resolution using this this path each time in a in a in a further level, let's put it like that. Yes, it's it is interesting, uh, and I'll, I think Jason Davis can also do something with that because he also yeah, he also plays a lot exactly. with these kind of structures, <laughs> and his work is yeah, is, yeah, yeah. is amazing. So, oh, that, so that's yes. another thing yeah. I wanted to ask you: Who are the the let's say the well-known visualization designers who have a mathematical background? I can't. Answer that Morris? because one of them, Jason Davis, for sure. I mean, Jason Davis is very um, inspiring and it's very stimulating. Uh -huh. But uh, the, the work that he does, I, I like the most, it's like a specific mathematic visualization, right? So it's yeah. very specific. But as a visualization, like professional, is it, Moritz, yes. <laughs> right. I think Ma Martin Wattenberg has a has a. He has a physics background. I thought it was mathematics. I mean, if you have a physics background, you yeah, have a math yeah, background. Yeah. Ah, but you are you are asking me about a specific mathematical visualization or visualization no, in no, general? No, 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 no. I was thinking about people with people math. With math. Uh, yeah. Ah, people with math. Well, math I think Moritz also <laughs> fit a little bit in that. A lot of his work, the the the, the FIFA project has a really interesting uh, triangulization approach to the globe. So he clearly he also plays a lot with no, geometry. No, I, I, I meant people who, are, who have been trained in math, okay? Who have a background uh, in math, yeah. Well, I don't know for, 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 for many people, yeah. which is his, his background, but uh, Jason Davis for, for like using mathematics is a, is a really nice... Yeah. Case uh, but other than that, I, I I couldn't think of anyone else either. So, I mean, Martin is the token physicist. But <laughs> <laughs> other than that, yeah, it's funny. What, what do all the mathematicians do? Or maybe Jen, Jen, Jen Lowe, I think she has a background in, Jen in mathematics. Jen could be a mathematician yeah. too. Yeah, I think she is a mathematician, be. yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> yeah, that that could be. Yeah. So yeah, if you're a mathematician, yeah, let us know. <laughs> yeah. We are looking. We are looking, we are for, looking you. for you. <laughs> yeah. We have a last question from Twitter. I think, uh, and I'd like to hear that one too. So, Mr. Andy Kirk, mm -hmm. visualizing data. He, he said he would oh, like. You to don't hear want to mention Andy again. He's always here. Come on. <laughs> yeah. He. He. Yeah. You could have said know. another name. So, some. Some guy on Twitter yeah. would like to hear uh, Santiago's view on the difference between Europe, North America, and South America, because you know all these three different scenes, yeah. especially like the data scene, is the difference in how people are, what they do, and or is it all the, a big global party? What would you say? I think it is a global party. Uh, 
I think so. Yes, it is. Uh, it's very difficult to, particularly between Europe and and the United States, is is so well so entangled, so well communicated that that it's impossible to find. I I will I will I point something. Say, I the, this company, uh, Shift N, for instance, for me represent uh, an app. Uh, uh, classic European approach to, to information, right? Uh-huh. Because more of the, like the intellectual background they put on it, it's, 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 it's more, it's different. I, it's extremely difficult for me to, to explain that, but I, I, I see some kind of difference. I, I can compare this company with uh, Seed, uh, Seed Media, the, the people behind visualizing.org because they, they have similar uh, goals but the, the difference are clear like in the in the in the methodologies and the way they do the, the work but it's, this is not ex- strictly related with information visualization so and then Latin America Latin America is like a it's like a question for me it's I don't see a strong like seen going on here like like a lot mm. of people are uh, strongly communicate communicated that's a bit of news graphics so there's interesting news graphics in brazil thing, exactly but I yes think alberto, printing media alberto cairo yeah. when he was here he he actually mentioned that there is a quite strong yeah yeah no uh, that's clear and they're super interesting yeah. and uh, what, what what there were a few few really good newspapers yeah but that's graphics. that's so, print media very specific and not well so. connected with the world okay uh, it's, yeah. it's very Bra- brazil yeah. let's put it like that yeah. i i know specific people i know people here in in argentina for instance leonardo solas or 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 and and that's perhaps the the most common case people from from latin america working uh, in the united states for instance uh, sure. nicolas yeah. belmonte or mauricio giraldo are, are only two examples mm-hmm. or miguel rios that works with with mm-hmm. but but there's no there's no like latin american like information visualization proposal <laughs> okay yeah, yeah, yeah. and Ah, so maybe you need to build it up. Maybe you need to start a little school or yeah. an academy. Well, this is co- this is very connected with something that I have asked myself like all the time is about my 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 relationship, the, the relationship between my culture and what I do. This is a, que- a question I carry for like for twenty years, right? Because I I, I am different, and and my culture is different, and and the things I read and. And listen, at least many of them are different. My interests are, are different. The, my, my language is different. So mm-hmm. uh, in some point, I expect that this like identity in the work that, that we talked about uh, some minutes ago should also carry some kind of cultural values, assets. I don't know how that could happen, but in some point... What you are should be also expressing what you do, right? And but it's very yeah. difficult to to really like understand. Also, as a mathematician, mathematics is is like the most universal language we can figure out, right? So, as a mathematician, <laughs> it's like it's a way to connect with like universal or Western universal stuff, right? It's very universal. So, I don't know. It's a very difficult question. And also, mm-hmm. I think 
yeah. anyone here in Latin America working with technology, with data, with information, with mathematics, with etc., with visualization, will use like like the United States and Europe as as as, as the primary model. So this is very post-colonial scenario. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. I, I mean, I, I, I feel the same. And at this, while we're all very connected through the work and because the work we do is universal, I think that there's these strong ties. But on the other hand, like from a business point of view or collaboration point of view, I, I at some point I learned I've, I work much better with Europeans. Okay. Because it's just it, the little things and I don't know, the general style, somehow it works out better. So... I love my Americans, but somehow the projects never work yeah. out that well. So. Yes, per perhaps it's because there is a paradox going on here, is that you, Moritz, being German, you are more exotic than, than I am. <laughs> because... <laughs> Because I that could yes, be. I, yeah, I, I can I, tell I you that Germans are like quite a, exotic. <laughs> yes, he's exotic. <laughs> but I mean, everybody has like a German granduncle <laughs> or something in the US. But you're right; the the Latin culture is maybe more. It's, it's more a mixture, mixture of Europe yeah. and the United States, and some yeah. specific local uh, assets as well. But it's at the end of the day, uh, it, it also depends of what kind of family, what kind of social strata you belong etc sure, of course sure. but in yeah, my yeah, case yeah. i studied yeah. in a in a french school uh, i was uh, always in touch with like uh, european assets values and also mm -hmm, with the mm -hmm. american pop culture invading us all the time so at the end of the day for me is i i'm like in a in a middle point between the united states and europe when when i traveled to spain i felt absolutely comfortable living there mm -hmm. and in mm -hmm. the united in the united states i feel also very comfortable i i struggle a little nice. with the with yeah. the with the language i i still have a lot to learn but but it's easy for me i don't know and so far with clients it has been easy as well yes Nice. Yeah, it's it's great. And I mean, it's once again, we're reminded that it's really nice to, that we're able to do that. Exactly. <laughs> you know? that's, that's fantastic. Hop around the world and be be in touch with everybody. I, I personally, I love yeah. it. Enrico, yeah. how, how do you feel like living and working in, in America, New York? <laughs> do you want me to comment on that publicly? <laughs> uh, yes, no. a little bit about, about yes. No, like, honestly, yeah. honestly, I think... I've been asked this question many times already, but I think I cannot really answer because living in New York, I think it's different than living in the U.S. in, in, in any other place in the U.S. So here there is such a strong New York culture that I could speak for New York, not, not for... for Not for Waco, uh, Texas, for instance. Sorry? Not for Waco, Texas. Yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Nebraska, Nebraska or Wyoming, whatever. So I don't know. So 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 far, living in New York has been great. I mean, people are there are so many different people. I mean, I'm I'm not even sure you can talk about one single culture here. So you have everything. So you just get what you like and you stick with it. So, but there 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 is a culture, uh, a business culture. And there is academic culture, and that is strong and it's defined. Well, I'm not too much exposed to the to the business culture here because I'm an academic, and I don't have too many too much exposure to to the business culture. Okay, 
some people here complain that, I don't know, maybe some of the academic things here are too business-oriented, but I never noticed that here so far. So for me, I mean, I've, I've almost always been in academia in my life so far, and I don't see very big differences. I mean, it's all so more or less... Academy is a big country? Yeah, maybe, maybe you should visualize <laughs> that. I mean, I, I don't... Yeah, transform the academic yeah. space. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty stable a bit everywhere. So I'm, I've been in several countries so far, and people are quite similar in the way they behave in the in academic settings. Okay. As long as you spend 16 hours per day in front of your computer, people are <laughs> yeah. fairly similar everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing. In academic settings, you, you never get a lot of too much pressure compared to the business settings, right? But yeah, at the same time, this all freedom you have could be uh, could also kill you. So I don't know. Yeah, I I think you. I mean, how long are you there? Half a year or something. Yeah. So I mean, we'll have to also see how it how it plays out on the long yeah, exactly. how it evolves. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cool. cool. Last question I have to ask you: Mubio is your nickname. Why is that your nickname? Is that because of Mubio's strip, or <laughs> is there is there like is there any cool story behind it? No, no, no. Is the is the Mobius <laughs> strip? But it wasn't yeah, me yeah. that that chose that, that name. Is the is the name of the first company I had in Colombia. And I, ah, and I, as I kept the, nice. the domain and the name, and yeah, yeah. of course so you were it, just it fits well. Ah. Yes, but it wasn't me. It was like, I'm a th uh, an architect that chose this this name, <laughs> not the mathematician of the team. Yes. And now it's your your brand. And now it's my brand yeah. exactly. <laughs> nice, nice. Right? It's, it's <laughs> like cool. That. That's cool. Yeah. Okay, I think we can. Stop here. I would actually keep talking for another hour, but then it's, it's probably too much. That's the thing with, with Santiago. You start talking and you never stop because okay. it's so interesting. Exactly. So I think it was the same when we met at Tapestry. We started talking about... Uh, what was it about Bo Santiago? Uh, uh, mayors, the story of mayors in, in Bogota, right? That was, that was fun. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Peñalosa yes. and the other fantastic guy. <laughs> I could have talked yes. with Mocos. you for, yeah, for another <laughs> couple of days. Anyway, good. Thanks a lot for being here, Santiago. It's been great. And uh, I want to explore more your webpage. <laughs> you have so many projects that I, honestly, I didn't have time to look to all of them. <laughs> But yeah, so <laughs> you didn't browse all 50 of them. Yeah. <laughs> hey, thanks, guys. It was a fantastic conversation. Yeah, it was fantastic to have you. So maybe we have to repeat it in a year or so when, when you're all business, enterprise, web 2.0, I don't know what thing is okay. up. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then we can. Then we can uh, and Enrico is completely out. tired of the New York culture. And <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Something yeah. like that. And, and I'm okay, waiting for guys. the Hilbert Curve project, okay? I'm going to try to do something with yeah. that, yes. Okay. Yeah, you need yeah, to, okay. you have to. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. Bye-bye, <laughs> okay. guys. Thanks, Thanks a lot. Yeah. Thanks so much. Bye. Ciao, hello. Bye-bye.